Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. Dr. Dyer, how are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. How are you doing, Diane? Very good. I must say you sound a little more energetic <laughs> and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, up today, so that's great to hear. Well, I had surgery, um, the, what they call, you know, psychic surgery or spiritual surgery from uh, this divine being who uh, resides down in Abadania in southern uh, uh, Brazil. His name is John of God. Um, Oprah, you know, did a whole show on him and uh, some very, some luminaries have gone down there. And, um, and um, I had a, a, a dear friend, her name is uh, Raina Piskova. She's a medical doctor. She's an eye surgeon in uh, Madeira, California. And she um, really wanted me to go down to uh, Brazil there with her. She felt compelled. Uh, she has a, some kind of a connection. She's from Bulgaria. And um, uh, originally, and she's American now, um, has two daughters and lives there in, in California and is a prominent surgeon. And she's been down there uh, two two or three times, and she really wanted me to go, but I didn't uh, for some reason. I know why. I was writing, and I didn't want to leave my writing. But um, she went down, and uh, she had photographs taken of, of me dressed in white with all different uh, uh, herbs that I was to be taking and so on. And he... John of God, I have a picture of him with her, uh, and he had agreed to do the surgery. And I had, uh, as I spoke about last week, I had just a uh, a profound experience of uh, my body. Just she said I had to treat my body as if I had just come out of surgery, because I had, and um, I didn't need to be told much longer. Because you know, if you know me and you've heard me talk, I swim every day, I walk every day, I do yoga, I I climb stairs. um, I, I lift weights. I mean, I try to yeah, stay in, guy. in yes, the best kind of shape. And I've been doing that for every day of my life uh, since I was in my 20s or early 30s. And that's about 40 years or so. So to, to, to not be active. But it didn't make any difference. I couldn't uh, do anything. I slept for something like 36 hours. Um, I started to detoxify my body. Uh, and all of this happened as a result of that. Then a, a week later, which was last, uh, which was Wednesday, uh, after I had done the show, um, is what they call removing the sutures. And um, <clears throat> uh, I um, I had an, just a, an experience that night in the middle of the night. It, it took place at midnight. I had this special water that was there. I'd taken these special herbs and so on. And I was told that these uh, entities would come um, and, and um, remove the sutures and that I would begin the, the, the process of healing. Um, now I just, you know, there's still, there's a part of me that is just still skeptical about those kinds of things. It's the ego part of me. My spirit says everything is possible. With God, all things are possible. This is John of God. Um, and this man lives as God. I mean, he, he takes no money for anything that he does. He's uh, available for any people that come from anywhere around the world. And people do. Um, like I say, Oprah did an entire hour show, went down there, and uh, nobody has been able to find any anything uh uh, that is incorrect about it. A prominent uh, Harvard surgeon was down there, just couldn't explain what was taking place um, uh, medically and so on. So that night, uh, last Wednesday night, about uh, 11 o'clock at night, I went to bed. 
Um, and I had just purchased a watch two days before, and it was a, actually a quite an expensive watch that uh, my daughter insisted that I get. It's called a Panerai, and it has a 10-day power supply on it, and it's supposed to be guaranteed to never lose a second. And I'd been wearing it about, oh, five or six days, and it was. It was just it was a beautiful watch, and, uh, and it has this. It's an automatic watch, but it, uh, it has a 10-day power supply on it. When I got up uh, the next morning after the suture removal, my son and my daughter both looked at me and said, what, what have you been doing in there? Were you doing drugs or something? Because I had tiny, tiny little pupils in my eyes. My eyes were just all watering. Um, and I, I looked at uh, a friend of mine called me at, eight, uh, at 8.25, and she said, so how did it go? You were supposed to get up at 7. I said, well, it's only 5 after 7. And uh, she said, no, no, it's 8.25, I'm at the airport, and I'm, I'm catching a flight over to Honolulu. I said, no, no, it's 7.05, I'm looking right at my watch, you must have it wrong. And I had lost an hour and 20 minutes uh, during the night. This what My watch, this brand-new, guaranteed, perfect watch, um, had uh, just lost an hour and 20 minutes, 80 or 81 minutes. Uh, and I was just, like, befuddled by that, that how could that happen? And when I talked to Rainer about it, she said the electromagnetic field of these of these healings and these teachings is so much more powerful than the electromagnetic field in your in your room and you had the watch on you um it's what would would have caused it to stop again uh, part of me says i understand that but they've done a test on the electromagnetic field in abadania down there in in brazil and it's different than any place else in the world I didn't think, again, too much about it, although the watch stopping and the way that I looked in the morning when my kids thought that I was you know, sneaking away in my room doing drugs of some kind. Um, but And I felt so different. I just felt just so peaceful and so happy. And basically, Diane, I just felt just pure, complete love. I mean, there was nothing that I looked at that wasn't love. I mean, I, I, I would look at a tree, and I just wanted to embrace it. Every child, when I went for a walk, and it was the first day I had gone for a walk in eight days because I had been doing nothing but resting, uh, or seven days. And uh, this is just like this overwhelming sense of love uh, that I f still feel uh, right up to this moment, but it was very, very powerful at that. So about two days later... Um, this, I, I reset the watch, and it kept perfect time and everything, and I, I set it on the counter, went for a swim, came back. Again, it lost exactly the same amount of time, an hour or an hour and 20 or 21 minutes. Um, I did it twice. So I decided I was taking the watch back. <laughs> this, uh, wow, that's and I went incredible. Back to the, I went back to the jeweler, and uh, they said, well, they've never heard of that. These Panerais are, are guaranteed, and it's like we've never – but they exchanged it. I got a different one, and um, – Actually, I saved quite a bit of money because it was uh, the one I got was uh, was also a Panerai, but it wasn't that ten day power supply and so on. And I've been wearing this one, and I've also been back to the jeweler each day to see if anything happened to the watch, and it's now keeping perfect time again. But that's I called Raina um, Sunday. This is Monday. This was yesterday morning. She went and she has a, a Mercedes car that she was going up into the mountains with her two daughters. They're looking for a place, and she left me a message and a picture of her of her clock on her uh, car, and it had lost an hour and twenty one minutes uh, on her on her clock and her Mercedes. And she said, "This is a clock that has never lost or gained a moment." So something very intriguing and bizarre had uh, had happened there and i'm still in the process of sort of detoxing and and experiencing that and i'm now doing i'm writing um i'm writing this book uh and all of this is happening while i'm writing it 
and I've been talking about, uh, you've, I don't know if you've heard me talk about orbs. Have I talked about them here on the, on the show, uh, about these uh, images that appear in photographs? No, um, but I, like, I mean, like I've seen round, that. I've experienced yeah, Hay House that. has a book called Orbs. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a fascinating book. And there's, I think, 69 or 70 photos in, in there. And uh, I didn't even realize this because I had sent a copy of this book to, uh, to Raina because for the last... Oh, three or four months, whenever I've spoken in these audiences, when I was in more than that, since last summer in, in Australia, I was there in August, uh, people would come up and show me photographs that they had taken of me while I was speaking. And these uh, gigantic orbs, and then some of them, there'd be 20 of these orbs all around uh, my, uh, in the photographs, uh, in some people's cameras. And on a few occasions when I was, uh, Doing some therapy, there was one woman that was uh, pretty grossly obese, about 350, 400 pounds. And I had put my arms around her, and I was looking into her face and explaining and talking to her about how she was going to change this and so on. And there's a huge, gigantic orb right in front of me. Then I spoke in Vancouver, um, and uh, people took pictures of myself and myself and my daughter singing this song, Let It Be, and these beautiful big orbs that look like they almost have faces in them uh, have been appearing in photographs. So I've been intrigued by that, and I sent that book down to Raina, and four of the pictures that are in that book that I didn't even have any idea of this were from uh, John of God uh, when he was doing surgery down there and, and, and at Abadania and so on. That's, a, again, a book that if you're interested in it, uh, and or if you if you have photographs, and if anyone has taken photographs of me speaking and you see these orbs in there, I'd like to see them because I've got about six or seven of them, and I'm going to put them in, in this book um, because the chapter that I'm writing now is the last chapter of the book, and it's about opening yourself up to all possibilities and, and realizing that, you know, there's nothing out there that is impossible if you if you know that. It's like it says in the New Testament with God. All things are possible, and of course that leaves nothing out. And it's just intriguing that this is all coming at a time when I was going to tell three stories. Um, one of the stories is the, is the story of, uh, of of the orbs that have been taking place and how they just seem to be surrounding me now when I'm speaking, especially when I'm speaking about this new God consciousness, this new realization that God is within each and every one of us and that we are all pieces of God that fact in fact that we're all God and it's it's who we are it's not these bodies it's it's the spirit that we are and as I've been speaking about that suddenly and these these orbs never showed up before um, so I was going to tell that story and I was going to tell the story of, of going down and, and John of God and this like this invisible healing that is taking place and what has happened in my body and what seems to be happening and also another woman her name is uh, Mira uh, Kelly she's a, an attorney um, and she's in New York, and she came to Maui and um, and did a past life regression with me. And I'm not going to talk about that this week, but perhaps in a future show, um, I'm going to talk about some of the things that happened when I was under uh, and in this almost coma state. And she recorded it, and I have the uh, and she's another woman from Bulgaria, and also the. Uh, the uh, book that I've been referring to a lot is from a Bulgarian transcendent master named uh, Mikhail Ivanov. So three people from Bulgaria, and then I find out, Raina tells me that the word Bulgaria, the original word Bulgars, uh, means uh, uh, not of this world or not of here. So all of that has been taking place. That in is the... really amazing. That's so interesting. <laughs> and I like that you said that you're... You know, you were skeptical, but you're open. It's so uh, it's so interesting that you're you're being taught 
through your experience, you know, like you counsel so mm. many people and, and you tell them, you know, with God, well, all things are possible. And I, now yeah. it's it's really things are really happening. Well, for I some reason, so I have amazing. been I have been uh, assigned the task of uh, taking very complicated things and um, in my whole lifetime and all of my professional writing and making them available like self-actualization when Maslow explained it to the masses, I mean, to the academics uh, in the world with his tortoise psychology of being, it's almost as if he said to me, now you explain it to the cab drivers. He passed away on the very same day that um, I received my doctorate in, on the 17th of June in 1970. And quantum physics, this thing that I know something about, but not a lot. I'm not a physicist and that kind of a scientist, but I've been able to make that world of the uh, of the subatomic world um, sort of accessible to people and 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 with spirituality in my books on uh, taking St. Francis's work and um, making that available and now uh, with God realization and higher consciousness it just seems that it's uh, that that these things like with the watch and with Raina's uh, clo uh, clock and with um, uh, you know these kinds of miracles that are just occurring where there's uh, and and Raina keeps saying to me over and over again, "Don't um, stop being surprised. Stop being surprised. Just you know, just accept this." She said, "This is this is real. I've been down there uh, uh, several times. I know. I've been with him. I've had surgery myself." Uh, uh, and uh, and I, my continuous thing is, yes, I, I, but I need to be surprised because I, for some reason, when I get out there to speak about this and to write about this. Um, I need to be able to overcome the skepticism that so many people are going to have um, as I speak about these things and how they are impacting uh, my life in such a big way. Not because, not for me and not for this ego and not for my, my body or whatever, but but because these teachings, I think, really need to be promulgated. And that leaves me into the, uh, and I've always known that um, that the kinds of experiences that I go through in my life, whether it's with my wife leaving or whether it's with living in a in an, or in an orphanage as a child whether it's with uh, getting leukemia or having heart disease uh, you know when i shouldn't be having such a thing uh, because of the lifestyle i lead and so on and uh, all of these kinds of things have been just uh, almost the grist for the for the mill of of the teaching that i'm here to 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 do and to to let the world know for some reason um and it leads me into the thing that I really wanted to speak just a few moments about before we take calls this morning, is that uh, yesterday was 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 a, really a historical day in American history, uh, and it will go down the first of May as the day that uh, Osama bin Laden was uh, was killed uh, by our troops in uh, by the Navy SEALs in uh, in Pakistan. And when I was watching it, I came. I was writing all day, and then I came in, and my daughter and my son, Sands and Serena, are here um, with me for uh, a few weeks. Serena's writing her own book, and um, and Sands is here to be with me. And they were talking about it, and they're watching the TV, and this celebration was going on, and so on. And I, uh, and they said, "Dad, you're not. Don't look very happy." And I said, "Well, I'm not." I, I said, "This is not a cause for celebration." And I sat them down and I said to them, look, I said, uh, when I wrote the book, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life, and I, I said, I didn't just write a book about the Tao Te Ching. I lived it for an entire year. I lived each one of those 81 verses, which is the same number of minutes that my clock stopped, and which in my past life regression, I was right there with Lao Tzu or as Lao Tzu. Um, and this, this number 81 just seems to be, you know, cropping up a lot, either 81 or 18, and both of those numbers mean 
one infinite source. You know, eight is infinity, one or one eight, one infinite source. This number 18 in, in Yiddish, in, or in, in Hebrew, rather, is means life, you know, Chaim. And um, you'll see that number appearing a lot in spiritual literature. And I said to them, um, I, I lived the Tao. I lived each one of those 81 verses, and I took out the, uh, the Tao Te Ching, and I read to them a little bit of the uh, 31st verse, which I want to share with the audience today, and why I don't consider this a cause for celebration. I, I understand it, um, but I think we're challenged spiritually with some of our principles, and there are two of them that I want to speak about here um, a bit this morning. One is out of the Tao. And in the Tao, it says that weapons are the tools of, this is the 31st verse, weapons are the tools of violence. All decent men detest them. Therefore, followers of the Tao never use them. Arms serve evil. They are the tools of those who oppose wise rule. Use them only as a last resort. For peace and quiet are dearest to the decent man's heart. And to him, even a victory is no cause for rejoicing. He who thinks triumph beautiful is one with a will to kill, and one with a will to kill shall never prevail upon this world. It is a good sign when man's higher nature comes forward, a bad sign when his lower nature comes forward. With the slaughter of multitudes, we have grief and sorrow. Every victory is a funeral. When you win a war, you celebrate by mourning, by mourning. And that's what I was doing. I was mourning because it shows, it shows that we still, um, as a people, we haven't figured out. Lao Tzu wrote those words 2,500 years ago. He lived in ancient China in the, in the time of the warring states. And he was just so fed up with, um, with people killing each other and, and uh, raiding villages and all of these kinds of things, which were a big part of that past life regression that Mira Kelly um, came and, and, and did with me. And that, um, and when you remember when the, when the, when the World Trade Centers went down and 3,000 people were, were, were killed, and they showed pictures of people in the Muslim people around the world celebrating, you know, and we were just so outraged that how could anybody be cheering and, uh, uh, and, and what we sometimes forget is that we use that experience, that experience of the World Trade Centers going down, which was a horrible experience. Of course it was. I knew people. There was a woman that I dearly loved who was on that plane that flew into the World Trade Center. Um, it, um, but we use that experience as an excuse to go into a country that had nothing to do with it and... Um, and bomb it and kill over 150,000 innocent people. You know, are, are occupying this country and, and the endless deaths that we, um, and now we, they, they look at us on television, seeing everybody putting their faces in the mirror and going, USA, USA, and celebrating uh, another death. And they think that we are the great Satan, just like we think that they are the great Satan. And, you know, each of us have our own you know, shame about uh, the kinds of things that we have done. And if you want to see how we got into that war in Iraq, watch a film that I watched the other night called Fair Game with Sean Penn and Naomi Watts. And it tells the story of, uh, of exactly how we went into that country knowing 
knowing that we did not, they did not have weapons of mass destruction, yet we still decided to go in there and occupy and fight and drop bombs on villages and, and kill people after people. After. It's, it's, as it says so brilliantly in the, in the Tao Te Ching, every victory is a funeral. When you win a war, you celebrate by mourning. And my daughter was saying to me, well, what do you do? I said, well, all of these people that you see celebrating on, on, uh, on television and looking into the cameras and, and being so happy and the interviewers and everybody is just so thrilled with this wonderful victory. I said, they call themselves Christians. And um, I just put this in my uh, last chapter, in chapter nine of my book, uh, which will be out later this year uh, or early next year, called Wishes Fulfilled. It's uh, the words of Jesus. And it's from uh, the book of Luke, um, <clears throat> Luke six, thirty-two to 36. Let me just share this with you, because when it comes time to practice what Jesus was really saying in the hardest of times, we don't do that. We seek out revenge and we seek out hatred and we act from that, uh, that place that Lao Tzu called, you know, the, the, the low people. It is, uh, uh, is one with a will to kill instead of a will to love and forgive. And in this, chap in, this, in this passage from Luke, Jesus says, If you love those who love you, what virtue lies in that? Even the morally weak love those who love them. And if you are good to those who are good to you, what virtue lies in that? Even the morally weak do that. Love your enemies. Be good to them. Share with them without expecting anything in return. Then your reward will be rich, and you will be sons of the Most High. He is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be compassionate like your father. And Lao Tzu, 500 years, 600 years before that, said, The man of Tao is kind to the kind, and kind to the unkind, mm, because, so kindness, because kindness is his nature. And that's where we have to go and that's why i believe these teachings are coming to me and what is happening to me in my life right now is for me to have kindness as my nature and to be kind not only to the kind and the ones who are nice to me but to the unkind to the evil to the to the people who see us as the great satan and we see them as the great satan somehow ultimately we as a people if we're going to survive have to figure out what Jesus was speaking about, what Lao Tzu was speaking about, and to at least if we take a victory, and I am not opposed to them going in and capturing uh, Osama bin Laden, nor am I even opposed to the way that they did it. Um, but the idea that this is a reason for celebration, to me, it's a reason for mourning. We, we have still demonstrated why Lao Tzu left the villages and left the walled city and went off on his oxen to live alone in nature because he was just saying that war and using weapons is not what people of Tao do. No, and That's we do have to move beyond that eye for an eye mentality. And something you said, I think it was on last week's show, a bad man is a good man's teacher. Right. And that, that stuck with me. Right. Um, yeah. After I after I heard you say that, and and yeah, I was yeah. down at the beach yesterday, and there was you know people coming up to me. Have you heard? And they're high fiving me, and I was like, what, what? Mm -hmm. I didn't know what happened. So I looked on my phone, and uh, you know, and saw the news, and yeah, I mean, it just was kind of ringing a little hollow that there was all this celebration when, you know, what now is there going to be more 
more killings, you know, yeah, even with him not being there, you know. Right. And there will be. And, and, and as long as we are doing these kinds of things, it's like, it's like if you, if you, you understand, you understand violence, you know, it's, it's like the dandelions. Remember the dandelions when they used to grow up in all those fuzzballs that were on the top of them? Sure. If you go out there with like violence and you take, let's say you take the back of your uh, shovel and you just start slapping them and hitting them and hitting them harder and harder and harder, what happens is, in the spring, you have way, way, way more of, a, of, of the uh, you have dandelions growing. <laughs> because when you use violence, you just promote more of that. But when you gently go through and remove them, you remove that. And that's what we need to do. To find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit hayhouse.com. Thank you for listening.